You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language and together let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Your Body Advocate Podcast. I am today talking to my friend, Brian McCarthy, and I am going to read you his bio since I don't have it memorized. He's amazing. (laughs) Should have it memorized, shouldn't I? Hold on. All right. So Brian is an incredible mindset coach. So let's let me read this for you. Brian is a mindset coach for business owners and executives who want a more fulfilling, balanced life. Certified by the Fearless Living Institute and former copywriter for eight years. McCarthyMindsetCoaching.com is where you can find him. And we will definitely talk about some other places to find him. So hi, Brian. Welcome. Hi, Ruth. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. We're doing a different type of podcast today. Brian and I have been working together for a little while, and we thought we would share publicly, and thank you, Brian, for doing that, some of what we do together and how that works. So we're working on, well, why don't, yeah, Brian, just tell us, what are we working on? What are we trying to, um, what are we trying to support for you, and what outcome would you like to find what have you been struggling with what have you tried that hasn't worked and then we'll just continue and we'll just sure because we've been doing a lot and um yeah we'll just do what we can in our hour or more yeah the 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 thing i specifically was uh came to initially for was i probably have long covid i've basically since august 2020 uh, I every three months I get really bad brain fog and fatigue and I'll just be like incapacitated, unable to do anything for a good two weeks, um, which, you know, sucks for business and sucks. Like I've, I have all these improv shows I can't go to. I've got all these things I just have to turn down and I'm just laying there on the couch, uh, unable to read, unable to think or meditate or do anything. All I can do is sit there, and once you've watched all the things on Netflix, it stops being fun, and so it's cool for a day, and then after that, you're like, okay, I'm over it, And but all you can do is sit there, and then uh, that becomes a difficult bit. Um, yeah, so, and I went to... I went to my doctor. I went to like one of the leaving, leading COVID hospitals in the country, and they just kind of threw their arms up. They're like, I don't know. You, there's not much you can do. But sorry. Um, and a lot of my COVID tests were negative, so they're not even sure that it is long COVID. I'm just calling it that because it pretty much is because it started when COVID happened. So take that. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they couldn't help me. And then I've heard all your stories of your magical healing powers and, you know, this whole weird world of um, you know, <laughs> things being stored in the body and how, how brains can help heal things and all this stuff so i was like let's give ruth a go she's done amazing stuff all your stories were incredible so i was very excited to uh you know yeah take take this angle and see uh what kind of help might come from it yeah Uh, i love that um 
you know, just take that. It's long COVID. We, you know, we don't know. And that's amazing. And I'm so, it's so fun to work with you, Brian, because you're so willing. And I think you're really ready. And that's why I'm excited to, to pull back some more layers. And I just, for people who are suffering with things that no one has the answers for, I just want to give you hope. There, there is hope out there and it might not be me or, you know, the doctors that you're talking to, but somebody out there has some ideas for you that will be like, whoa, it just clicks. And it's really, it's really great when that happens. And um, I just want you to keep trying. And Brian is, he keeps trying and we're, we're still working on this and it's been a couple months, but so, so Brian, um, just a little history also, uh, we saw each other w- once at a mastermind and then again in the same area of this of, of the United States. And then um, how were you feeling that first time that we talked? The first time that we saw each other and I was suggesting some ideas about how it could be held in your chest or or how the body does hold emotion. What was your first response? Because I think that's important for people because they have the same response that you did, which is like, just that look, you know, the, and for those listening, it's this, like, are you, are you insane? And, you know, probably, yes, I am, but Mm -hmm. just ask my husband (laughs) or my kids, but um, there's, there is a, obviously there's a connection between our body and our mind. And when we can't find the answers to these chronic issues, sometimes we can fit pieces together between those two communicating forces that, um, find amazing uh, results. So yeah, so I, you know, we, we meet, we had, we had so much fun right away. I, there's a great picture of us laughing at that one uh, mixer. I just love that picture. We're both just laughing so hard. It's so cute. And so I was like, well, why don't we try, have you, have you thought about how your body's responding? And so just, I'd, I'd love to hear now, like, what do you think your response was? Because I remember your face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it being like, um, uh, maybe a little weird and out there, but also like, I've heard so many stories of, you know, like the placebo effect is a thing and a thing we don't seem to study that much or go into that deep, much detail on, even though it seems really relevant. Um, and I've, I, I have heard enough st- stories of like, yes, yeah, psychosomatic illness. Again, that's a thing that we like, you know, when I was taking psychology classes in college, we're like, that's a thing. And let's just kind of shrug it off. Cause I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's that super studied and understood, but I know that these things are real and they're out there. And um, so I, yeah, my, I think my uh, understanding at the time was probably like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but maybe. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah. See, the fact that you say, yeah, but maybe is so cool. Like that, that puts you in the next level of um, willingness. What I consider, like I always say, would you consider, would you consider the possibility? And when people actually tell me I would not consider the possibility, then I realize that that it's just not, it's not possible because yeah. just like the placebo effect, if the person doesn't like, I forget that quote, I think it's by, oh shoot, I think it's by Roosevelt. I can't remember um, when they says, if you believe that it's true, like whatever, if you think you can't, you're right. That's the one. If you, if you yeah. think you can't, you're right. And I, I see that. And having coached so many athletes through, you know, over 30 years, 
if they don't think they can, then it's almost, it's almost, you just give up. And the same thing happens in our body. And um, so I was just excited that you were like, yeah, but maybe (laughs) that answers for me, the possibility that the possibility is, is there for you. And that, and that makes a big difference. So, so I just wanted to kind of catch people up. Like, um, so we were working on some, do you want to go through that story quickly? So let's do it. Yeah. So your your email is one of my favorites of all time. I haven't sent it to my email list yet, but it's it's a you are an improv comedian and it comes out and it's so funny. It's so good. And um, it it was a shocking night. It was a shocking. Yeah. uh, It was really healing. But I'd love your tell me your side of it. All right. I'm going to I'm giving them the full full story so yeah i met ruth at this mastermind and i kept noticing ruth would go off and do this little thing where she kind of like talks quietly to people and pokes at their chest and pokes at their back and then they start crying and then after they cry they get really happy and they give ruth a really big long hug and they go oh my god that was amazing thank you so much and i saw ruth do that again and again and again And I've been to like workshops and things that I ended up crying and feeling great. And I was like, this looks like there's some kind of healing going on. I want a part of that. Ruth, can you do this to me? And she was like, sure. So then uh, you did a little bit of it, um, like the last morning of it. And um, I don't know if we didn't have quite have that much time, but it was it was like we were exploring, but. Uh, weren't like n- nothing really was opening up. I wasn't crying. There wasn't too much happening. And um, you were, I think you said something about like, oh, part of this like doesn't want to come out. You're not ready. And in my head, I'm like, I'm ready. What what healing do you have for me? Let's go. <laughs> but my body wasn't quite on board with it at the moment. No, um, so then uh, a couple months later, uh, we meet up again in a mastermind and I've gotten, you know, sick again in between that time and got, and that was the time that sickness, you know, maybe number six was when I was like, okay, this is like, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Like I've really got to do more here. And yeah, Ruth came top of mind for, you know, next exploration. Let's see what Ruth's got for me here. Um, So we met at that mastermind and then we were on our way to dinner and getting into a cab when I think you brought up like, hey, so you've been sick, huh? And I was like, you read my mind. <laughs> so we got into the back of the cab uh, or then uh, on the way to dinner. And I was like, all right, Ruth, give me your Ruth magic. Let's see what you got. And uh, then you were like, so you start poking at my chest. And then you were like, tell me about what you miss when you were a kid. And I was like, what? That's got nothing to do with health. What are we talking about? fine um so i start talking about there and talking about like missing certain things with my family um and like this you know great things about growing up that kind of like faded and stopped and uh you know started to feel um getting really emotional and then the lift or whatever it was arrived at the restaurant but I could like, we could tell something was happening. Like my body was buzzing. I was like, uh, you know, just feeling really in whatever was going on in my body. Like something was happening. <laughs> it was just clear. Like we got like, and I was like, I don't want this to stop. I want it. Like if we're going to break something open, we're just break it open. Uh, and you were willing and gracious enough to continue the work. So we went off to a little corner. We had like, 
25 friends in the mastermind all having dinner together, having a great time. And we just get a little booth um, <laughs> right by the hostess section. And you just keep poking and you keep asking questions. <laughs> and and I just had this massive breakthrough of realizing like that I never let myself grieve my parents divorced, which happened when I was about 15. Like, um, you know, everyone else in my family was sad. And I kind of saw myself as like, well, I can't get sad, too, because everyone else is. And that's too much. Um, and then like, oh, well, everyone else is, you know, mad at this person for this happening. And I, I like I, I want to be like kind of the one person that's there for him. And um yeah i so basically i didn't uh, process that and like it was all coming up like it was just such big waves of um energy and emotion like i remember my left arm just like went numb my fingers were seized and i couldn't even move them there was like super tight and clammy i think i couldn't feel my legs for a part of it it was just this massive wave like of everything's tingling and I'm struggling to breathe. And you're just reminding me to like take deep breaths. It's okay. Just, and I'm so I'm still like sharing things from the past and, um, you know, just crying right there in the bar um, as all this, just big waves of emotion are just getting unleashed. I also, um, and I noticed things about like my sister and like some struggles she has and like times I wasn't there with her and just feeling a lot of like grief and sadness around that and around similar themes, like with my, with my mom and my other sister when we were growing up or, you know, you know, when I was a teenager and yeah, so I had this big, like physical feeling breakthrough of all this emotion, energy, something being released and kind of my body going a bit nuts processing that a lot of tears, a lot of like, realizations and basically was just like, okay, I got to go call my sister and apologize <laughs> was basically like, Hey, you remember these things that started 15 years ago that I've uh, not been doing a good job at. I'm sorry. And I want a better relationship with you. That was my number one takeaway. Um, and I did that not that night, but like two days later. Um, I was happy to get that, that yeah. call from you. Yeah. Like, and oh, it's been really man. sweet. Like yeah, lately so we've just amazing. had a lot better, like, we've had like just some great conversations lately since that. Um, and then, yeah, even had some great conversations with my mom and my other sister around, you know, kind of the stuff that came up and um, our experiences with that. So that's been wonderful. And um, yeah, so that was, <laughs> and then it was like, uh, okay, well, is that connected to why I'm sick? Right. Uh, and you were yeah. like, okay, well, let's, you know, wait and see. And I think you gave me some advice of like, all right, pay attention to your body next time it comes up. Um, and then I, I think you told me to do some other things that I wrote down that I then couldn't find. And then when it started, <laughs> the sickness started coming up again, I was like, you know, just trying to listen to my body more and kind of look at like, okay, what's, you know, is this something I'm afraid of? What deeper fears could be here? Um and also like not pushing myself, not trying to force myself to, you know, get through it and just more like, okay, like, um, yeah, listening to it and um, letting the process play out. So then, yeah, so then uh, three months later, I got sick again, and that lasted for a good two weeks. It's, uh, it's actually still going on, and it's been almost three weeks. So we'll see if today's, if it's finally kicked, or if I'm going to be craving a nap in about three hours, which is about <laughs> where 
<laughs> when it kicks in. Um, yeah, so then that's when we just reconnected. I'm like, all right, well, what's the next step in the process of uncovering if my long COVID is due to something around <laughs> my parents getting divorced when I was 15? Yes, uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm just going to jump right in because <clears throat> so one of the things I want to talk about is that when you say you were you were starting to listen to your body. Mm. Now, you and I have had you know, extensive conversations about that. But if someone doesn't understand what that means, who's listening, what would you say? What, how would you coach them? What would you tell them? How do they listen to their body? I would tell them to talk to you because I still don't really <laughs> understand it. Um, the Great, best yeah. I understand is to kind of like maybe close your eyes and like ask a question and then see what, if anything, starts happening in your body of like, Huh, does your stomach get tight? Does are you like is, is your thumb twitching? Or even like maybe even kind of hearing some kind of voice or knowing just like coming from what feels like beneath your brain. Um yeah. Interesting. Would, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you know like Am I doing it right? <laughs> you're doing great. I mean the other thing is like no one can get into your body right? And listen for you. And you can't get into anybody else's. I can kind of describe. So everybody does it differently and everybody's body responds differently. But one of the interesting things, I think, in the situation when we were in the bar, um, you know, away from dinner, getting eyes, you know, (laughs) uh, (laughs) was that, for example, your arm going numb. So it wasn't numb before. And then it becomes numb. And then it you go through you process some of the sadness some of this anger and all of all the emotions that come up and then your body and your arm feel again and i i find this often when someone is ignoring something they have a wall up to one part of what's happened in their life that it's actually a numbness and then it comes out in certain ways so for you it came out through your left arm other people can come out in different parts of their body, their face, around their tooth, their tongue, different. I've, I've seen all kinds of things. Um, I've even seen um, Bell's palsy happen for a few hours. It was bizarre. Like it happened only for about two or three hours. And then she processed what she was dealing with and it went away. I mean, we weren't sure if the Bell's palsy was going to go away. And I did have the help of an acupuncturist as well. But um, it was amazing to see that it just went whoop, right back. Her smile was back to normal. And um, it was very interesting. And I think that we just there's just so much about the brain and the spirit and soul that we just don't understand. And, um, and I'm trying to bring some awareness of how to bring that all together. And so listening, you're doing great, Brian, is what, what I want is my short of that is to say, yeah, <laughs> you're doing great. And, and I wanted to continue because... My suggestion is because this is coming up every three months, there's a there's a cycle. There's a lot of cycles that are three months long that are 12 weeks long. And so my coaching to you was to say, all right, look at other things in your life, in your past that were three months long. And it could be like sometimes a semester is about three months long. Um, so one semester, um, the, uh, you know, the 12, 12 weeks is a, is a, is a huge cycle in a lot of things in, in astrology. It's in, um, in the Bible, it's a big deal. Um, a lot of things happen in three months and 12 weeks. 
And so I think that if you can find, because the timing is now not um, uh, random. The timing six yeah. times in a row is that's not random and that's definitely chronic now. And so what's happening in those three months? Some of your cells totally re, you know, recreate themselves in three months. There's, there's a lot of things. So, um, and because I have touched the areas of your body that I know hold emotion and that they were numb, some of them were numb on your chest. And then they did start feeling when I first worked on you the first time, um, when I recognized that your body wasn't ready and your mind's like, wait, wait, no, go, go, go. That's the, that's a very common response where people will come in and they'll say, just go as hard as you can. And I'm like, it even scares me. I'm like, whoa, um, you know, I don't have any hammers. And they're like, you don't know. <laughs> um, actually, I do have a hammer because <laughs> sometimes there are some, there's some uh, like calf cramps, you know, your calf cramps, like mm. there's sometimes you have to have like a really heavy, uh, almost mallet to help that get out. But my point is that that type of that type of hardness against it is a very common response when the mind is really ready and yeah. and frustrated and just can't figure it out. And the you know and the body the mind is like just just do this just do this. And there's this kind of impatience and um, harshness and lack of lack of lack of um, willingness to take it layer at a time. And then if we can bring that back to let's let's instead of make it like this to internalize those um, detective uh, skills of our of our own body. So when I say listen and you say, oh, yeah, I was asking and seeing if my body responded. So I really want to um, hone in on our own detective skills of our own body. So my go my coaching again was to do some journaling on anything that you could remember that was three months long or, and I also believe that this is the same timing as the divorce and things with your sister. So that's that's my my take on it. And I um, so now I'm curious about you know how did it go because you did a lot of journaling and what did you discover? Yes, I journaled this morning for about 40 minutes um, using some of the prompts you gave me and um, took about three pages. So first, I'll tell you about the process, which was like, you know, like I'm, I'm only, like I'm, I'm journaling questions that I'm kind of asking my body. So I found this weird thing going between like my brain and then like checking in, does my body have an answer? And then what kind of ended up happening was it felt like I would just like give the pen over for a little bit to my body. Like that's what it felt like where I was like asking a question and then I'm like, okay, some answer kind of feels like it's coming out. I'm just going to let that happen. I don't know if I'm just making this up or if this is like actually my body doing a thing and like communicating with me. So it was this weird um, kind of thing of, Almost like, yeah, me and my body take, like, I guess my conscious brain and my body taking turns with the pencil talking to each other. Um, that's what Great it process. felt like. That's a nice process, Brian. So incredibly, um, I love how you just described it. I'll continue. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, A, that was wild. <laughs> and even as I'm doing it afterwards, just being like, huh, okay, <laughs> this is a thing, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and no, then what... I was going to say that's very good because there is, and we, we are taught, especially in the American culture, to separate those two. So we separate, you know, we, yeah. we, we, we force things and we, and we separate feeling what our body's trying to say. So I'm just thrilled with your description. Plus you're a copywriter, you're an incredible copywriter, by the way, if anybody needs a copywriter. But, okay, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm going to be really quiet now. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Yeah. So that was, that, that happened. And then also, so we, when you first told me to look for these 12 week cycles, the first thing that came to my mind was summer vacation as a kid. And then as I was journaling, that just kept coming up too. And I was like, what are we talking about? What's that got to do with anything? Um, and so basically the highlights that I got from this conversation pen palling I was doing with my body was like a fear of being too much me, right? Like it starts like kind of when you're a little kid, it's like, oh, that's too much. You're too loud, too, too much. You got to like tamper it down. You got to, you, you know, mom needs a nap. Dad's busy. Like just chill. Um, so it was like, that was kind of the start of it. And then I think it connected to my parents' divorce. Cause I, what I found myself writing was I can't express my anger towards my dad in the situation because what if he leaves me too? And even now I'm like feeling a little choked up saying that. And it's also very surprising because like I, that I'd never remember that being a conscious thought. Like at that time I wasn't afraid. Like I didn't, I didn't consciously think that would happen, but then yeah, I, I found myself writing that and kind of feeling emotional around that. So I was like, oh, that might be part of this. Of if I'm too much of myself, then I'm expressing my anger, and then my dad's going to leave me too. And then I was like asking how the three months kind of fit into this. And it was, you know, because that's when you're a kid, that's the kind of time that you have for like freedom. Like you can be yourself for three months. You wake up, you do whatever you want. And, you know, I'm doing, I'm rollerblading with my kid friend and jumping on the trampoline and all the great things. And then it's like three months. Okay. And now you got to shut it all down, be, you know, be a good little student, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, yeah. So it was just kind of like, my body's just telling me like three months is what I can do being like that. That's what you can do for being yourself. <clears throat> and the other interesting thing about this of like the expressing yourself, the sickness I'm going to, can I, can I, I just want to say something. I'm noticing that your throat is your, that you're, you're clearing your throat. Mm. And I also just wanted to point out that you, I just wanted to, are you breathing when you're talking about your dad? Probably not. I just, because that, when you were sad about that, there's this change of behavior, change of your posture and change yeah. of the way your neck is, the change of your eyes, where they look. And those are the types of things that I point out. And I just wanted to, as you're doing that, before we get further into, I just wanted to um, just to point that out as you um, more listening skills of how your body is responding to this, because it's the sadness when we have sadness towards things, it's 
we are taught to ignore our sadness and to to really hide it within a group of people you totally stuff and even if it's one person and even if it's someone you don't know like for me i'm in that situation where if i'm sad right if i'm in a grocery store and i remember something that makes me sad i can't express it i can't cry i can't whatever and so i'm just saying like i just wanted to point that out because your your posture changed your head motion changed um, your eyes changed and your jaw changed. So I just want to point that out. Okay. But, That's super cool. And yeah, I can, I can totally see that now as you say that of like, oh yeah, there is that, like you just get caught up in it and that becomes a way of not feeling it, feeling it fully. Exactly. And I, I, and I keep stopping you, Brian, I do that, but I just wanted to point that out because if we go further in then you won't, sometimes you don't recognize what happened just then. Mm. So, uh, and I just wanted other people to who are watching this to, if you roll back 30 seconds, you can see how his posture went like this. And then um, he rolled his head and his eyes to a, the, the gaze. I call it the gaze. You avert your gaze to yeah. a different direction. And that can affect your neck, your eyes, your jaw, the front of your chest, your confidence, the way you breathe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, I, I'm going to, I'll put my hand up, but I'm going to put myself um, on mute. <laughs> So I don't jump in as as much. That's why this stuff you do is so cool. You have to see all these cues that like most people aren't paying that much attention to. And it's like, oh no, this is important. <clears throat> um, yeah. So where was I? Oh, yes. So the other part that became clear to me um was the the sickness happened in August 2020. And that's right about the time that I signed up for this life coaching program, uh, this Rhonda Britton's Fearless Living Certification Program, which I took because I was her copywriter and I was just like, oh, she's awesome. Her stuff's awesome. Everyone who takes her course is raving about it. I want to try this just like really just for my own growth and my own like I just want the skills to help people through the big problems in their life. Because right, I, all I can do right now is offer advice that nobody takes and probably isn't that very good of advice anyway. So I, I and so this happened right around then. And like it was always in the back of my mind for a long time that of me being either a therapist or a coach of some kind. And I was like, you know, didn't do it for various reasons. And so the fact that I was now kind of stepping into this thing that's been like, you know, knocking at the back of my mind for a good 15 years or so um and is very much feels like this uh you know true expression of who I am and what I'm here to do and in this role that is very much about I just like bringing myself fully to my clients and out onto the world and like admitting to the world you're a, I'm a mindset coach that was a whole thing to go to um so yeah, there was there was a lot of like this is this is me, you know, this is what who I am and what I'm kind of here to do. And I and as I was journaling, that felt like connected to the, you know, being a kid and can't be too much, can't be too much of yourself. You can do it for three months and then you gotta, you know, go back to school. Um, so yeah, that you know that's that's the part that makes all this make sense of like oh yeah this you could be onto something here this could be it it could just be tied to these pieces and then I was also you know did more journaling to my body of like 
what do you need? I need to feel safe. I want to feel free. What would help you feel safe? Like, you, you know, you are safe, right? Like, I'm, I got you. That kind of stuff. Um, and it actually ended with a, a pretty beautiful end of uh, saying, I love you to my body. My love body said it back. And it was just like, I was, <laughs> and I was like, did I do it? Did I fix it? <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> I, I love that. And I, and I, the, the journal prompts about safety are so important because that is, I think the key to the healing, the conversation between the body and the mind, because the body at some point didn't feel like you were respecting it in some manner. And um, the mind has, we have such a way of just, just plowing through and so the safety issues. Yeah, so what came up around safety else? What do you remember anything else that came around up around safety, or uh, lack thereof, or yeah. the, trust? Not, it, Those are big is, words. It's not safe to express myself or express myself for too long or to be too much of myself. Um, I think there's also a little bit of yeah, my body's saying like, it's too much. If if I am, it's too much for me. And I was kind of like, is it like, you can only handle so much like love and happiness and joy. Are you sure? And it was like, okay, I could do more. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that was, that was all I can remember of it coming up really around like self-expression and really being more fully myself. So the, the, the statement of you're too much of yourself, when you, what will happen if you are too much of yourself? Uh, bothering people, being rejected, not being wanted, being alone. Okay. And what part of your expression brings that up? What part of my expression? What type of, what type of communication or body language or how are you in the world um, too loud? Do you laugh too loud? Do you, do you move too fast? Those types of things. What type of expression? So if each of one of those was an expression, if you're like, you know, like, oh, that's really funny, kind of gregarious, yeah. I guess that would be considered. Or if you're, um, what type of expression is too much? Like when you, so it's not, it can't be everything. So your mind probably is seeing one or two that just go, Oh, I better not do that. Are there any of those that come up? I, yeah, being too loud and following the things that I'm interested in. Wow. Okay. What are you, what, what are you interested in? That's going to be, uh, that will reject your loved ones. In reality, nothing, but what might kind of be stuck there is just some of the like personal growth aspect or spirituality or even, um, you know, coming to, <laughs> that's been like a bit of a thing recently of coming to terms with my nerdy hobbies and sharing that with people, which has actually gone great. Um, so that stuff so used to be there. So it's, yeah, and when, did it, did it, were you rejected at one point? Oh yeah. For a long time. Okay. For, and for those, for those hobbies and for those, what for you said being too loud, 
um and for your for your your nerdy hobbies okay yeah or just just like saying what i'm thinking or just like kind of sharing whatever's going on with me it's just it just feels like more of a just expressing myself is just like eh. keep it down keep yeah. it down brian yeah okay so like you said also like religious beliefs so if you came up with some ideas and you were just um you were exploring some ideas like wow this might be this is interesting what if god did this or what if there's and those were not allowed is that correct is that kind of how it am i saying that right um like when like as a kid growing up or now yeah definitely as a kid i mean now i know that you are much better at self-expression you're so good at it and i think that this is part of your journey is that you've learned to express yourself and you you've learned to hear others and express what they're trying to say mm. and i think this is what you were going through part of what you were going through in your journey is to be able to do that for people but i think also when we're rejected like that there's a way that we um we start to unravel that thought process to make it um, not get you rejected, but in the process, it also sticks itself in the body. So for example, you know, you, you like a nerdy hobby and, and so the first reaction, so you don't want to be, um, rejected is like this, uh, you, you, you immediately stop everything yeah. and the jaw gets tight, all these responses to stress, but the thought process of that nerdy hobby um you know like my son loves legos you know he's an 18 year old who loves legos and so that's kind of a nerdy hobby but it's a very popular hobby and so you hide it you avert that thought process you avert the the actual reality or the, the truth behind it and so there's a lot of things when we hold truth our jaw gets really tight mm. under here can hold more lymph um, the teeth can be sore, the, all this muscle and tissue can be more um, tender and um, not heal as quickly from acne or from, uh, from headaches, from COVID, from, from coughing. It sticks right here because it can't, it can't um, drain as, as quickly. There's, so there's a lot of things about holding back and um, it's an everything, Brian. So like for you, maybe a nerdy hobby. For other people, it's, you know, they couldn't say something to their parents or they couldn't say something to a boss or they couldn't say yeah. something to um, a teacher um, or to the police or to, you know, you name it. There's so many um, that we aren't allowed to express. And so, um, so I'm just trying to help you look at what might what words actions responses to those times in your life that could have possibly been stuck in your body so it would be so how you can tell and so i was i forgot to send these to you last night i forgot sorry that the things that we look for is um does your body stop breathing and that is so hard to recognize until you're better at recognizing it because we're so good at not breathing that's definitely one of the first yeah. responses is we want to stay really quiet we don't want to seem at all stressed right like if you if you go ah, that though that gets you a lot of breath that also looks weak 
And so people don't, they don't want to gasp or they don't want to, um, you definitely don't want to sweat in public, you know, so we wear all this deodorant and we have ways that, that we don't show that type of uh, stress, that type of um, panic. Um, you can, but there's other things that we do. So like you can grip your teeth, your jaw, and you can see it a little bit, but a lot of us have learned to do that with no one being able to tell. So stopping your breathing, stopping your, or, or grinding your teeth or just grabbing your jaw. Also, like we can make our face really tight. There's different ways. There's ways that people will put their fingers together. People will curl their toes. That's another huge one. They'll push their knee in or out. They'll push their hip in or out one side to the other. A lot of the people can hold their stomach really tight. So besides holding our stomach tight, and also if you're standing, there's a way to tell if you're responding to things by if you put your feet, so if you put your weight on the toes or on your heels, or if you switch your feet, you switch your stance. And athletes will know that like, like in jujitsu and in other sports, if you put your right hand forward or your, sorry, your right foot forward or your left foot forward, you are in a, in a position to fight. And there's also, when you're in a defensive mode and you put your heel back, then it's almost like you're going like this. And it's really interesting is through the years of massaging people, I was like, let me check that theory. And I would check these theories on people and it was really fun, but it was like, okay, if they're on their heels and I would think through and I would put myself in that position and like what muscles are involved in that type of defense mechanism. And sure enough, like the whole coming up from the heels all the way up through the knees, through the hips, through the diaphragm, all the way up through the throat and into the neck and into the into the jaw and into the back of the head, you can find these lines. <clears throat> and so when we can be more aware of how we're responding, so you probably had a way of averting anytime you were wanting to talk to your dad, anytime you were wanting to talk to your mom about your dad, and you're, you know, you're doing this great thing, this very honorable thing of staying quiet and keeping, you know, staying like on his side, <clears throat> but still being angry and not being able to process that as a kid, as a teenager, we don't have the tools to do that. And so there was this, I bet you, you could find a way that your body was everting um, in a physical form, your emotional state. So the emotional state is like, oh, I, I am really angry with you, but I, I can't, I don't want to lose you. I don't want you to leave me. And I don't want to hurt you right now because you're hurting a lot in the divorce. And there's all these crazy emotions and so your body also like becoming a young man and all your testosterone showing up and all these other hormones, like your body was probably freaking out. And I would wonder, my, my question to you is if you can try to put yourself in one of those days and try to remember what you did to relax and also what your body could have been doing. <clears throat> now, this is hard to remember Sometimes, Brian, it's funny. It seems like it's hard to remember. And then as soon as you're like, oh my gosh, I used to do this weird, and like 
I, people will say these, like, I used to do this thing and I would spin my hair and I would, and I would twist and I realized that I hurt on my left hip. And it's like, huh. And it, it comes out where you actually, you're going to allow your body to tell you and remember those motions with which you handled this um, emotional tension. And so what I'm suggesting is that possibly some of that is stuck in a circular motion that continues when it starts to relax and you get out of your, you're almost at the three month mark, Ooh, you know, and we got, oh, we can't. So there's something in that, in that time when you're getting sick where you could look at why, why does your immune system drop? Why does it drop? Why is it taking on this, um, this form of healing where we were talking about this yesterday is there's many times where the body that I have noticed in the thousands and tens of thousands of people I've worked with that there's a time where feeling sick is way safer than actually working on and figuring out and opening up the Pandora's box of why you might be getting sick. So people get finally get frustrated, but sometimes people don't even recognize that every three months they're getting sick or every six months or every, my son gets sick every last week of school, even this year. He missed some things for his senior year and it started when he was a, when he was in pre-K and he missed their little uh, going fishing trip and he still remembers that but there and it's the same cold he gets this uh, earache um earache headache and like 101 fever every may it's like may 15th every time and there's this it's an interesting way that our body responds to what type of tension he's responding to i i'm not going to see my friends anymore i'm very sad about that but i'm not going to cry so he would hold it all in and get him, give himself this major headache. And then he would have these earaches and um, really thick um, ear wax, which was very odd. It's a very specific symptom in homeopathy. But how you were dealing with your dad, how were you dealing with your sisters and your mom in a way that still needs to be looked at today? And... Yeah, those are the questions. Like how, those are the ones like you were journaling about. How can I feel safe? What is my body trying to tell me? How can I help my body trust me? How can I help my body communicate what it needs to say in a way that I'm willing to hear it? And so that's why when I say the words listen and hear, it's not like your body is, is physically speaking to you or there's words that are going to come like you were saying, you know, sometimes you can ask the words and then you can feel what your body responds with. Does it respond with a heart rate that gets higher? You, you respond with getting really tired. You respond with getting hungry. There's different ways that we respond that can give you hints um, of what your body needs. And that's how it's talking. So that communication of body language through body to mind is something that I've just seen missing in so many people, even those, even, you know, you know that I work with a lot of monastics. I work with people who meditate for 12 to 18 hours daily for years, decades. 
and they still have um, a block between what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and how can I put those together so that I can be this most powerful leader, this most powerful mom, teacher, hmm. business person, etc. <laughs> I love your smile too, Ryan. You're amazing. But there, I was talking too much. So tell me more about is that where you ended your journaling? Yes. Okay. And we really didn't have much time to prepare for this, but I wanted to, I'm just really thankful that you were willing to jump on and, and show part of the process. So the process first is to be aware that there's a mis there's something that is not able to be resolved and Though you try many, many things, it's still not resolved. And that's when someone like me can really help. But there's a lot of me's out there. And they're, they're not, they don't all do what I do, but they do something similar where they try to help you find the missing pieces, the missing puzzle piece, the missing hint, the missing um, clue that can help you put the things together so that you can finally resolve that, just let it calm down and not be... Um, causing, you know, uh, causing you to not work every three months. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot for the body to go through. What else have you learned about that? About what exactly? I guess um, I know you've learned so much and you've been asking. And that's another reason is when, when you are asking so many people and getting incredible help. You're, you're surrounded by some incredible healers right now. And because you are so open and willing and aware of the lack of, um, well, not just the lack, the lack's a bad word. So like I would say the, um, that the fact that it's not resolving, that it continues in this pattern, that uh, my, another thing that comes up for me for you is that you have more to learn around this. And that, and I told this to you yesterday is where often I see this when people are about to become the helper of others in this area, then you go through it yourself and you're able to, to really understand it because you've gone through it in your own body. Because like you and I have talked about before, this is quite hard to explain. And it's not easy to explain in a few words. Like you can explain it, you know, in a, you know, hundred words but when people say hey tell me what you do in you know in five words or eight words or less you like this is you know it's it's deep and it's very personal and you know not everybody's been through divorce not everybody has a sister you know not everybody does improv you know like everybody has their own um, their own puzzle pieces to put together and some are much more serious than others and um, and I just think there's so much we don't know about the body and the brain and what's around us spiritually. And I just, I'm just so fascinated by it. I feel like I'm a kindergartner every day and mm -hmm. trying to give a little bit of information of what I've learned, but there's so much more out there. And just so, I'm so excited to learn more and more. And I listen to a lot, a lot of people on YouTube and read things and um, all the time to learn more. I would love to do a, a, uh, an, a CT scan on people that I'm working on 
and do a CT before and do a CT after and to see if we can change some behaviors in their brain. That'd be really cool. And yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't had the time to um, to pursue that, but I, I am about to be an empty nester. And so that's definitely on the top one of the highlights yeah. of my list. So yeah, well, it was cool data to get. Yeah. So um, what's your next steps now? Uh, well, one was to ask you because a minute ago, or a couple minutes ago, you mentioned like my next steps being like to understand why my body is shutting down. But I'm like, but didn't I just do that? And didn't I figure out it's okay, Brian, too much Brian, got to shut it down, only allowed three months at a time of expression, and then it's, you know, shut it down. So I, I yeah, like, do, okay, don't I kind of know the why now? And I feel like the next step is the thing you said around, okay, let's maybe see how my body might have been closed off or like avoiding pain around that time. I'm not quite sure the purpose of that, but I'll do whatever you tell me. Um, and then also to continue kind of letting my body know it's safe and keeping a kind of dialogue going to see if anything else comes up like maybe this was just one layer of several or maybe I need to like continue addressing the same thing or maybe there's more to it that you know now that I've uncovered this layer might uh, get revealed. So I absolutely agree that there's more layers and we have to be as humans prepared to continue to learn how not to stuff emotion how to recognize our own patterns of what we're used to when we're scared, what we're used to when, whatever, when you're sad, when you're worried about being um, abandoned. There's all humans have the same layers, right? The fear, anger, you know, not wanting to be abandoned and, and others. And so there will be patterns you will have emotionally, mentally, spiritually to respond to that. And so my piece of it is to say, recognize what your body is doing within those moments when you're scared. And there is the, this is what I'm saying, when, when your body is more safe, it feels safer being sick than it does figuring this out, there's going to be a time where that starts to shift. And it's going to feel sick. It's going to feel like, hey, I don't want to be sick. And I can work these things out and not be sick. So that does take time. And so, you know, being, you know, like you said, so I'm, I'm cured, right? I'm, I figured it out. Like that's, um, I, I would challenge that theory. And um, I think that you probably have to go through it a little bit more. And it's going to be less sickness, less sickness until you, until you recognize that I don't need sickness. I don't need to be sick. I have a strong immune system and it's okay for me to figure out and to be as strong and amazing Brian as I can. And when that happens, then this conversation is going to be like a distant memory. And like, I used to get sick is kind of the response for the rest of your life. Like, and then you go, you know what? I used to get sick and I can help you. And then you turn it into a way of helping others. But that's type that's in Brian, in my opinion, how it's going to, you know, 
how it's going to play out where um, there's more layers and here's another thing is like we get scared right so again so your body being more comfortable being sick than being powerful just like me like we were talking about how I'm going through that like I keep coming up with different niches or you know uh, different different people I'm supposed to help or whatever I come up with because I also am um, avoiding that that responsibility really and that success and that failure so there's there's ways that we we respond to that so in your lifetime when you get sick you know after you get this resolved and you're like okay I've, I've, I feel like I have this under control then years later like if you get sick in the same way you're gonna have to you don't have to but you could consider the possibility of looking at what am I afraid of why because my body's been responding to fear in a way that makes me feel under the weather and and so you want to stop that pattern and instead give ourselves other patterns for me like my my it feels like I have swallowed a hair like and it's it's really hard for me so I like I have my own patterns of dealing with my fears and and they sometimes they're very detrimental to like public speaking (laughs) which I'm about to do right so like it could be very detrimental to start coughing or to start, you know, to, so it, like the self-sabotage that if you can recognize that's the listening, the listening part, the awareness of how you respond to your fears is what solves these problems. And I don't want to call them problems. I want to call them communications. This is what solves your body is asking for a result to result to resolve them. And we ignore it and we just keep getting sick. I ignore it and I just keep coughing or I keep, you know, doing whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that if you, um, you can, I use it as a barometer. So for example, when a pro athlete comes in and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, one of my favorites is um, a quarterback, unable to, he's, he's unable to roll to the left. And until he, looks at the fear of why his left foot won't take off. So there's, and there's this fear of success, fear of failure. I might look bad. My, my, my parents might be mad at me. I might be off the team, whatever the, whatever the issues are for him until that gets resolved, that foot is going to drag when he yeah. rolls to the left. Same thing for us. It's business related. And it's, so interesting, business related is the word that I get stuck on. <laughs> so um, I just think it's a fascinating subject and could talk about it, obviously, all day. <laughs> what what is the value when you mentioned like, okay, now pay like think back to when you were 15 and like how your body would um kind of like respond to these emotions and kind of like protect myself from the pain and like like what my body would be doing in those instances what's what does me exploring that do so that exploring what happens in the exploration of old body patterns is that sometimes an aha moment will show up where you're your knee twists and you're like, 
whoa, I used to do that when I was 15. And then you'll recognize that's what I mean. Like, so that's something that is very hard to recognize in yourself is how you twist when you're angry, how you twist when you're feeling unsupported, when you're feeling unsafe in a relationship, when you're feeling, um, when you're feeling like you're going to lose your dad, there's a way that your entire body will respond. And what happens is that that fascia or that tissue around those joints, it sometimes has not given up that tension. You know, sometimes like those, it, it's such a fascinating type of uh, tissue. The fascia can get really, really hard and it can, um, and then it, it, it just wreaks havoc. So for you with this COVID thing, I would look at the, the, the tissues around the, the top torso and how that you know, affects your breathing, how that affects your twisting. Here's another one for you, any type of fighter, you're, you're doing jujitsu and, and other types of, um, any type of fighting, there's a way that you can see what your range of motion is with your chest because our rib cage twists when we're in distress. So, you know, it's, a, it's such a cool um, part of our body, but it can twist. And then I find bodies will come in and it's twisted and that's how, it, that's how they live their life, you know, and they're like, what? I don't understand why my, why my shoulder blade is on fire all the time. And when we can push that back, um, then they can, then it does, they don't have the shoulder pain. The problem is if they haven't resolved the issue that created that, and it's a chronic problem, if you just resolve the issue and that's, that's all it was like this muscle was sore and, and then they, you know, they never need to see me again or they're, that won't come back. If it's chronic, then it, it just goes back in that area. So that's what's happening with your body. Somehow your body is having this reaction and it's either probably in your lungs, in your, um, I don't know that I would have to do a little bit more body work on you. We could look at your rib cage and to see, because if your rib cage is twisted, your, your lungs work differently. Your heart works differently. And it's sometimes more stressed or sometimes um, pulling on different capillaries or blood vessels that when it's relaxed, it, it has much more energy. So though that seems very, um, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to do that on yourself and it seems very complicated. Actually, when you, it only takes a little bit. And then what I'm trying to do is when I, I hold people's body where it should be and then ask them the questions I've been asking you and their body will go, they'll try, it'll try to move back. And we talk, we talk about these questions when I'm holding it in place and it will, um, oftentimes, probably 80%, it will say, they'll recognize why it's doing that. And I also, there's times where it's just not time yet. Um, it's just too deep or it's too painful or it's too scary. And um, forcing it is the opposite of what should happen. So um, that's just another side note. You can't force this. You do have to allow it to to have its own dance. That makes sense. So another long answer. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And 
Uh, you both brought up and answered questions as you as I was, you were talking, because I was gonna ask. Like I did uh, yoga for about a two year period very regularly, and I really enjoyed Yin yoga. And my initial question was like, how come I never had one of those? Like I don't know. People go do yoga and they stretch, and then like they cry because they're like, oh, I opened up a thing and I had an emotional release. And I'm like, I never felt an emotional release. It was, hey, I can touch my toes now. That's really cool. But like, this feels good. But that stuff never happened. And I think you just answered that question with like, because it's not time. Because you know, part of me is not ready. Um, and the other thing I was wondering if I can integrate some like yin and stretching into what we've been talking about. Like um, if you're talking about like upper body things, like, I don't know, could I be doing my upper body yin stretches and then like asking my body what's up or anything like that? Like, is there a way to integrate this? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, it's all about body awareness and any type of stretching, any type of specific corrective exercises are awesome. Any exercises are really good. Um, so any, I mean, we can do very specific. You and I can, we can have, get on here and I can give you some real specific things, but there's really what feels good. You can find a gazillion things on YouTube on how to expand your, your, you know, your rib cage or your chest or to stretch this whole area. And, but I can, I can come up with very specific ones for people. And not only there's usually a line, not just in the area that's, that we concentrate on, but it will go all the way down to your feet and it will come all the way to sometimes into the head um, fascia muscles, but definitely to the end of the, like the top of the neck and the occiput, like right where the skull meets the head, uh, the skull meets the neck. So, but yes. The short answer, of course, stretching and breathing are always good for everything in our life. I wish I did more of it. There's some great breathing um, weekends that I, I'm looking at going into and, and learning more. We hold so much. So breathing is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> There's a long, another long answer. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I like that point you made earlier of like, kind of noticing like I, I think I, I do notice myself like oh I haven't breathed in a while but I won't really go into like and why and and what just happened moments before that that's like what's going on exactly and that could be a valuable thing to explore I mean body awareness takes energy you know it takes focus and it takes discipline and we can't be aware of our body all the time and you know we're all going to slouch and we're all going to have our little patterns of you know um i call it like we're pouting at ourselves and we we all do that so i mean being self-aware all the time it's impossible but to try that's what we just need to try like being kind being kind to ourselves so that we can be kind to others um, that's definitely what I tell all my, especially my younger students and younger clients, is that if you can learn to be aware of your own inner anger, then you will be more aware of your outer anger. And also, if you're more aware of how you can be kind to yourself, you're going to be aware of how your kindness to others 
has nothing to do with them being angry with you, but it can sometimes brighten their day yeah. with just a smile. And it's such amazing energy connection that it's, it's extremely important. And um, so, yeah, being kind to ourselves. I know I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm a perfectionist and I'm quite angry with myself often. <laughs> and, you know, what does that, what do we gain? You know, it's, it's a, a lot of negativity and, um, it helps us continue the conversation of, you know, that I shouldn't be successful, that I shouldn't be, I'm going to fail, that I'm not, don't have the the right to teach, and I don't have, you know, all those, the don'ts, I, that I'm not, and we want to be the other way. Let's be positive, and bright light, and playful, and optimistic, and all those great words. So, but, you know, I slouch all the time, you know, and I... <laughs> I don't do my eye exercises and I don't do my breathing. And I don't meditate and I eat sugar. And, ah! So, <laughs> but it's a fascinating subject, huh, Brian? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's such a good point of like, I, I was even just thinking of like, well, if I'm talking to my body like three minutes a day, that's three minutes more than I was doing before. Like that's something. And then, <laughs> you know, I can get more of a conversation going regularly. And yeah, like, you know, when you learn the body awareness stuff, then it becomes like, oh, well, now there's all these body awareness practices I need to do. And then you learn literally any other modality. You're like, well, now I need to do. And suddenly your day becomes full of just like 10,000 things of like brain and body and wellness exercises that you need to do. And it's like, well, this is impossible. So right. yeah, having these like reasonable standards of like, yeah, I'm not going to do breathing all the time, but I'm going to go to this breathing workshop next weekend and that's going to give me a nice little reset and then I'll fall off the wagon and then I'll go again in six months or whatever it is. And exactly. You that's know, also, fine. Like, the, whole, the whole point is like, if you, if you, like for you, you're getting, you know, you're sick. So you're going to, you're going to notice once in a while. And, um, and for, for someone who's getting headaches, for example, and they recognize that they get headaches on Thursdays. The first of all is recognize, oh, a pattern of Thursday. And then they recognize, oh, I just talked to Joe. Every Thursday, I have a conversation with Joe because he comes by the office. Oh, I grind my teeth and I grind my, I curl my toes in and I, I want to punch him in the face, but I hold myself back. And then they're like, oh, maybe there's a connection. That's the whole point when we, we can back up and see how our body's responding to the world in a way that's totally negative to ourselves and that we can respond better. So the next time Joe comes in, you just like put this, you know, in, invisible shield up <laughs> and you say, I'm going to breathe through this. I am not going to yell at him in my head because I can't say anything or else I'm going to get fired or whatever, be, be looked at weird. So I, instead of yelling at him in my head, I'm going to, you know, Zen and, pray and yeah. have a deep breath and recognize that's what I mean. Once people start doing that on a, like you said, maybe even once a week, you know, like, okay, when Joe comes to your office, let's, uh, you know, let's be a little kinder or a little bit more aware of how we're responding, <laughs> but then it gets more and more. You're better at it. See, you're, you're better at it. Some people, they're starting from ground zero and that and this conversation is very uncomfortable and, and means nothing to them. I, feel, I have people tell me like, this is, this is really stupid. This doesn't make any sense. And then I ask them, you know, like simple questions about their health and like, I'm fine. But they are like, wow, um, okay. I see that you are so calm. 
it and and you know well-rounded <laughs> so, and so um, but it, it just takes practice just like everything else oh my gosh yeah. meditation and prayer and, and copywriting for example it takes practice copywriting you have to listen so just like you you've learned to listen to others and then say it back this is just internal and listen Ooh, and yeah that's good i like that yeah that's good huh <laughs> thank you brian can i interview you again sometime Sure. I'm around. All right. I love that. I appreciate you being here and being so candid and open. And I have your permission, right? Is it okay to yeah, sure. put this out and, and have people hear it and comment? Or, and bet. can they get a hold of you and ask you questions about this and your business? Sure. Uh, Brian at McCarthyMindsetCoaching.com. If you have questions about Ruth work with me or whatever. Yeah. Like I said, okay. I'm around. Awesome. Great, Brian. I appreciate you. And everybody, thank you for being here for Your Body Advocate podcast, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.